hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Kim Davis. Today is Tuesday, September the 27th. We are almost ready for the fourth quarter. And I am super excited to have you with me today. As we get ready to jump into today's show, there is so much to talk about. We're obviously going to talk about the Houston Texans. We have a great guest coming on, Sean Jones. He's going to be able to provide uh, uh, some great insight into what's happening with that Texans team and, and just what's happening around the National Football League. We're also going to talk about the Houston Astros. They are finishing the regular season with a, a home stand. But as of today, going into tonight's game, They've won 101 games. So, man, somehow they won 101 games despite having Dusty Baker as their manager. Yeah, I just had to say that. At any rate, welcome, welcome, welcome. As always, we have to uh, make sure we let you know how this show is possible. First of all, today's show is brought to you by Kimmy Treats. Kimmy Treats is where you can go and get all your stuff for your Netflix and chill weekend. It's three different flavors of vegan popcorn. Popcorn is made with coconut oil. It's non-GMO popcorn. It's super clean and it's really, really good. So if you're interested in something special to add to your weekend or just your regular day, a great snack, but it's also healthy, check out Kimmy Treats. If you're in Houston, you can find it at Sunshine's uh, Vegan Deli. There are two locations, one not far from NRG Stadium on Old Spanish Trail, and the other, the newest location, is in Fifth Ward. So make sure you check out Kimmy Treats so that you will have all of your um, snacks ready for the weekend. Here at HEB, in the Healthy Living Department, the probiotics, you can find Jenkins seven days a week. So that's where you find Jinka. And of course, what Jinka is, it is it comes in a paste form and it comes in a, a veggie capsule. A capsule. It is great for inflammation and it can help you with um, all sorts of issues, joint pains. And it's a natural way of kind of healing yourself or, or protecting your immunization, uh, your increasing your immunity to stuff as we head into this cold season. And the main the main ingredient is turmeric, which of course is known for reducing inflammation. All right. Um, our guest is about to join us shortly. I think he is joining us. Uh, I said it's been a while since he's been on Chalk Talk, but I thought what better person to have to help us understand what's happening around the National Football League in the early part of this season and especially with Houston Texans. Uh, welcome Sean Jones to the day show. Hang on a second. I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. You know, it's, we're in Houston and we know it's God's country this time of year, so nothing to complain <laughs> about. Well, you're driving, so um, please be careful. Um, first of I all, I actually I... just pulled over and parked just for you. Okay. Well, yeah. Just we want you to be safe. So, Sean, um, I know that you follow what's happening around the National Football League and 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 have your kind of finger on the pulse of things. Let me just get your early reaction to what you've seen from 
this Houston Texans team after the first three weeks of the season? Um, predictable. I, I think that if you've been around Houston football and you saw what a mess that uh, Bill O'Brien left, you had to be a fool if you thought that, you know, they were just going to bounce back. And, and as even though the league is has so many of these great stories where teams go from worst to first or worst to competitive. I don't think people understand how, how bad, you know, how bad the roster was, how depleted it was and how you had a, a franchise that had no inspiration, no direction or anything. And so you have to rebuild all of that if you want to be a contender. And that's what they've been trying to do. And last year was a, was a joke in terms of what they went through in terms of, you know, uh, having a coach that they never intended to keep for a long haul. And so last year was another lost year. So this year is really the first year per se. Um, and, and the funny thing about it, it's not a matter of blame because everybody's to blame. I mean, I mean, Nick Casario, he doesn't get to ignore what he did last year because he's the one that brought the coach in. And then, you know, uh, I, I think that they have to be careful though with what he's doing also because He's got to really be clear. Are you the GM? Are you going to be responsible for bringing the talent there? Or are you trying to be that guy where you're telling coaches what to run, what players to have, who should get playing time, so on and so forth? It's a, it's a thin line, and you have to respect the people you hire. If you're not going to respect people you hire, then you should just coach the team yourself. So, you know, Sean, one of the things I have, um, like we said, is three weeks it, we know that it couldn't just all of a sudden magically they are now competitive. Their roster was horrible. They, they were they would cap hell. Uh, I am waiting to see how good of a general manager Nick Casario is. I don't know how he's been somehow crowned this boy genius, but you know I'm, I'm willing to wait and see what he does in that role. But I am a little surprised, I guess, that people already, and I say people, and I mean even local media, already saying how Pat Hamilton is awful, doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, really? Um, you're well, right, there's enough blame to go around, yeah. but Pep isn't the problem with Davis Mills. No, Pep, did, Pep didn't become stupid all of a sudden. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pep Hamilton, and that's unfortunately what they do to minority candidates. Um, they put them in situations where they find themselves in situations, but they get judged differently. Um, with this roster and what he has to work with, you people don't understand. You can't call, you know, you can't call nine routes all the time with a guy that can't throw the ball deep. I mean, you just can't. And so when you see a third and one, you're like, why is he running the ball? Just get a quick. If you don't trust the guy to throw the ball, you can't call that play because then it's going to be, oh, my God, he threw an interception. No kidding. That's what he does. And so I can't I, – I know enough about Pep Hamilton and what people think about him around the league to not judge him on what's going on with his team. And if I have a con uh, concern, is that there hasn't been enough turnover on this roster three games into the season. You're not that good where you can stand pat on your roster. You've got to be changing players out, even if it's just plug and play and see what's going on. So it's not a very good team. But the only thing that's encouraging as you watch, you know, the three games so far is how competitive the games have been. And bad teams have been playing better. The Texans are playing better, right, than last year. Of course they are, you know. Yeah, but they're yeah. still making the same mistakes 
of a young team that's not very talented. When Davis Mills throws the interception that he did last week, are you really saying, I can't believe he did it? Or are you really saying that I wish he hadn't? You know, because of course he could do that. That's what a guy would do that doesn't understand that, okay, they're going to give me a certain look and I've got to make sure that look is there. And if I'm going to throw the ball underneath, where are the linebackers? Did I, did I look them off enough? You know what I mean? And some of that too is people telling a young player, do this, do this, real mechanical, it's going to be there. And they just throw the ball because it worked in practice. You know, say practice. So a lot of that's going on right now from what I see. You know, Sean, it's interesting you mentioned practice. I was at a training camp pretty much every day. And so and so were many of the other people in the town who cover the team. And what we saw consistently is that Davis Mills is not incredibly accurate. If you get beyond 12, 15 yards, his ball is going to sail. Um, that's who he is. I don't know why people thought he would come into the season and all of a sudden you expect why they throw in some more out routes. I mean, you got receivers that don't have any separation. And I don't really know what's going on with Brandon Cooks, right? He's not the – he's supposed to be the guy. And, you know, he's dropped some – you can't afford to drop some of the passes he's dropped when you are with a team that's not very talented and when Davis Mills is your quarterback. I also want to know from a personnel – I know you've worked in front offices and, and work with putting teams together – I don't understand why this Texans team isn't drafting the quarterback every year till you find one. I, I don't know why you sit pat with a – you got Davis Mills, Kyle Allen, and Jeff Driscoll. I, I don't and, understand that and, philosophy. And, and, and that's good enough. You know, and somehow <laughs> that, that, that's supposed to tell you that, okay, we've got this figured out. If one doesn't work, you know, we'll, we got the next one in, in the queue. Um, I, I knew there was going to be a problem when training camp rolled around, you know, the first preseason game, and then you only play X amount of plays. Second, second preseason game, okay, let's save Davis Mills. We don't want him to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he's playing left than Pat, Pat Mahomes is playing in the preseason. Like, we got to save him because if he gets hurt in the preseason, there goes the season. I It makes me question. That's the kind of stuff that's going on within the organization. It has nothing to do with the players. It kind of makes me question how they're doing things there. Because that guy needed – he needed to play into the fourth quarter. He needed to be playing as, getting as many reps as possible. And to your point, you don't change your spots. You're born a square. You don't become a peg. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what who, who he is. I'm not saying he can't be a, a great short reliever in this league. I'm not even saying that with a top five defense and a top three running game, he can't be a game manager. I'm not saying all those things, but – when you're using that kind of terminology for your franchise quarterback, you don't have a franchise quarterback. Because franchise quarterback, like the one you just ran out of here, well, I guess he ran himself out, depending on what side of the story you want to listen to, they make right. players better. They extend right. players, plays. I mean, there's no comparison between what you saw in Deshaun Watson and his abilities and other teams that have quote-unquote franchise quarterback. People were questioning with kid at Jacksonville, their number one pick last year. And now you're seeing just how a franchise quarterback can operate. I'm, he's not there yet, you know what I'm saying? But you can right, see how he right. extends plays. You can see the competence at the position. You don't have that right now. And so when it's and you should know that. As a person putting together a team, you should know that to your point, you always build a team that you can play with and a team that you can grow with. You're doing those simultaneously. And if you don't have a quarterback, 
you draft a quarterback every year. Even if you have a quarterback, you draft a quarterback yeah. because everybody knows that quarterbacks have the greatest draft capital. So if you even develop one that can play and you don't want to move on from your starter, that's, you know, that that's draft capital. So I don't understand the logic either. You're exactly right. So, you know, it makes me think about what they're doing in San Francisco. They're like, why do they keep Jimmy, you know, Garoppolo? Well, now look, they need him. But listen, can you help me understand the Rex Burkhead uh, factor, no. if you will? No, no, it makes no sense. <laughs> I brought you here you know. to help me understand some of these things. <laughs> you know, I can't make sense out of nonsense because that is when the GM has a little bit too much to do with the roster. You can get me players. That's your job. But I get to pick the players. And I know enough about Lovey Smith. That ain't his pick, you know. And, and then even in the culture, if you're saying you're trying to build culture on your team, you need to have some stable guys and blah, blah. I get that part of it. I, I get a locker room. Trust me. I won a Super Bowl because we had a great locker room. But there's a thing in the NFL called arrested development. I guess it's a phenomenon just in society where, <laughs> you know, if you don't allow people to grow, they don't. You know, so you have a roster spot taken up for a guy. And they did that last year, too, with the wide receiver they signed up. Forget the kid, one of the Patriot guys that signed. Taking up roster that. space. Um, uh, spending money. I mean, like, you know, like it's your it's your own checkbook wasting money. And you what would you get out of that? You could have been developing a, a player, a young player, to see where you are. What, what does Burkhead do for you? I mean, what does he do? What does Burkhead do? I mean, is he a part of your long-term plans? Why don't I have a converted fullback from Southern University that I want to see, you know, if he can play, you know, a, a converted linebacker from Southern that I want to see if he can play that position. And I'm going to give him chances to play and fail as opposed to going with Rex Burkett. And that's nothing to do with him. You know, that's nothing to do with him. I mean, he could be on San Francisco's roster, a team that's closer, not in this team. Not in this team. You're trying to develop leaders that are going to be here down the road, and you're not doing that when you're taking up spots with guys that have no position. They have no reason to be on this team right now. So I firmly believe that's a Nick Casario pick. He brought him in last year. Um, and so when people are upset about why is he playing, well, first of all, he's here because of Nick Casario. Nick did tell me that, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that. Let's, let's talk a little bit also more about this offense. You know, they have the young running back, Damian Pierce. Uh, he's put the ball on the carpet a couple times, but I, when you just keep giving it to him? You have to. I mean, you're not going to bail on him. Now, like I said, this whole year is a work in progress. You're going to go through growing pains. You got to understand, again, you got to know who Pierce is. Pierce didn't, Pierce didn't carry the ball 25 times in his life. Probably not even, not even Pop Warner, he carried the ball 25 times. Now he's being asked to be the bell cow. And so much is being asked of him um, with regard to that running game. Because normally in a situation like that, you give a young player a chance because he's got Arian Foster in front of him. And you know this young kid's going to be good, but I've got my guy in front of him. Well, now he is the focal point on the one part of the game that you need to keep going. You know your quarterback is garbage, but you got to have a running game, right? And he's the guy that has to carry that right now. So now the argument would be, well, that's why we have Rex Burkett. But he can't play. Right. Rex Burkett can't play. doesn't give you the best opportunity to win games, right? So let's stop that discussion. So now we got to feed him. And just like we got to go through the interceptions with your quarterback, you got to go through the growing pains with your running back because in the long run, this is a guy that you know 
three years from now, if it works out, you hit a home run. The guy could be a special running back because we've seen that. We haven't seen – you can't have that same discussion with Davis Mills because we haven't seen – oh, my God, that was a nice out. Yeah, that's where he was supposed to throw it. You don't get credit for that. You get credit for – I think I've seen him throw one pass. It was a seam pass. I think it was the second game of the season. I'm like, okay, boom, that's a nice pass. Seam and went for a touchdown. I think it went to O.J., uh, went for a touchdown, right read, boom, ball was right where it's supposed to be. But we don't see enough of that kind of consistency in growth. Not consistency in being a star, but just consistency that, okay, we can count on this guy growing and developing. We see too much of Roquan Smith-type plays than we see, you know, O.J. Howard-type plays. And that's what the problem is. The running game with Pierce, I think they have something there. You just got to live with it. You got to grow with it. You got to grow with it. Um, I have to tell you, I am a little disappointed in this all-world left tackle who seems very unmotivated to play a role hmm. in Larry Tunzel. <laughs> Larry Tunzel. And there's I, another problem. He overpaid and, this, and, 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 not, yeah. and, and not good. <laughs> you well, know and here's I mean? the other thing. He quit on this team last year. So you let yeah. him go 0-4, let him go 0-6, he's probably going to get a hangnail and be out. That's just – we've seen <laughs> that from him, Right. So I was one of the offseason that said, he's not going to be the reason that you win or lose. Move him, get something for him, because he doesn't, he's got some, he's gifted. And if he really wanted to play this game, he would be really special. But he's not that interested. That's just what I see. And I don't know nearly as much about it as those who sit in the, in the meetings with him. But if a guy doesn't really want to be here and is not that interested, like he seems totally disinterested in any kind of, Attempted what do you do with that? Well, I mean, you realize that teams don't just trade away left tackles. Miami traded away their left tackle at the time because they were dealing with an idiot for, for a general manager. And like, oh, my God, we got a sucker here. Let's just get as much as we can. But even, right. even in that instance, it would take more than that to get rid of your left tackle because they don't come around that often. So now he shows up in Houston, and you're like, man, I can't believe we've been sold a bill of goods. But nobody else knows that yet. So we do the we do the Kimmy Davis thing and say, no one else knows. <laughs> We're doing a rebuilding. Oh, we hate to get rid of Larry Townsend, but we want to trade him. And that's when you get him off your books because you know who he is. You know who he is. And again, you know who he is. if – if he's your best player on offense, that's a problem. Yeah, a problem. He cannot be your best player. <laughs> you know, um, Sean, it's really been interesting because I, and we've seen it here before, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we know what it is. Rick Smith, whenever a player didn't perform, it was because of Rick Smith. When they did well, it was because of Bill O'Brien. You never hear anyone talk about Nick Casario, and I don't understand how he's been donned to this genius of personnel. And maybe he is. I, I haven't seen it yet. And from what I've seen him do with the roster, and I know he didn't have first round picks last year. That's when you really show me how good you are when you don't have anything to work with. And here we come this year. You know, the Stingley kid will probably be, you know, will work out. Uh, Peachley was obviously a good pick. The Kenyon Green, the, the offensive guard out of Texas A&M, I like him. But I'm just – they clearly have a talent deficit, and it's going to take them a while. Oh, he lost, we lost Sean. It's going to take them a while. He'll hop back in. It's going to take them a while 
to really get up to speed, if you will, in terms of who they are and having better talent because you're really only as good as your talent. And I said something on Twitter last week that got a lot of people kind of riled up. And I said, Pat Hamilton is a Texans offensive coordinator. He is not the resident magician, right? So what is it that you guys are expecting him to do with his offense? In particular, Davis Mills, you're not being realistic, okay? Davis Mills is just not, he doesn't have a lot of talent. And there's really no other way to say it. There's there's no other way around it. But when you've got a talent deficit, um, that's something that you've, it will impact the way that your team performs and what it is that your coaches are allowed to do. Um, you listen to Chalk Talk. I am your host, Kim Davis. And while we're waiting for Sean to pop back in, I'm going to catch up with a couple of my other sponsors. If you are looking to get your skincare ready for the fall and you're like, where should I go? I have the perfect place for you. Um, Stephanie Sterling is the, is the esthetician who can look at your skin, examine your skin, help you pick out the right skincare products and the, the services you need to give your skin new life. It's Sohum Skincare here in Houston. And here's what you should know about Stephanie Sterling and Sohum Skin. I will have all the information in the show notes below uh, when we're done so that you can contact Stephanie, tell her you heard about it. You heard about her on Chalk Talk. All right, so we're talking about the Houston Texans. I'm going to let you hear from um, head coach Lovey Smith. Um, did I not get that bite in there? Uh, let me see here. Let's go to... Hang on a second. I'm bring you up to Lovey Smith. So Lovey Smith was asked about linebackers, and here is what he had to say. I think we'll see. I didn't think we would see a lot of y'all here today. A lot of good things going on with our Rockets. Yesterday's game, um, you know, we've lost three winnable games, three games where we had four quarter leads. Um, glass half full, uh, that's saying that we're close. Uh, reality is, uh, I could still be, you know, we could still be far away because uh, these things have happened uh, three weeks in a row. Positives from the game. I thought our special teams were outstanding yesterday. Of course, the fake punt, but so much more. Punting game. Uh, coverage, you know, coverage, kickoff, and punts. Thought we did some good things that gave us an opportunity, uh, you know, to win the football game. Uh, offensively, um, we, we need more. You know, um, of course, we put more points up on the board yesterday, but um, there were opportunities for for other plays. Um, favor. Third downs are would be a third and one, and we had four of those that we didn't convert. 
So not converting on uh, fourth area and ones, um, two critical interceptions. Both were tip balls, but two critical interceptions really hurt us a lot. And if you can't uh, stop the run, it's going to be tough duty. And uh, defensively, uh, we weren't good on third downs. And um, but the runs, um, I think they got about 130 of the yards, and uh, with three with three runs. And uh, in order for that to happen, you know, missed tackles, but uh, we had uh, two of them. We you know one was a definite bust. So those you know those kind of things really kind of lead to. Um, you you're losing games at the end of the game, but uh, these are things when you watch the video you see, it's it's obvious where we can clean, you know where we, we can clean some things up and that's what we'll do. Andrew Wise. Um, so one of the things that's good about this Texas team is they're they're not um, super banged up in terms of uh, injuries, and so. I don't know why I was not. Let me take this other clip. I wanted to let you li listen to him talk about the linebackers. They were not great on on uh, Sunday in the loss to Chicago, to the Bears in Chicago. They struggled tackling. Um, your safeties continue to lead the team in tackles because you're letting people get – you're not stopping anybody up front. They're getting to the second and third level, and that's just never going to be good. And so Lovey Smith and – his uh, staff have some work to do. He talked about the linebackers, and he said it's not just the linebackers. It's the fact that they're not really getting any push up front. So um, there is a lot of work to be done with this team, but I wouldn't quite – I'm not ready to say yet that what Lovey knows about defense is not enough. Um, people want to focus on what he has not done uh, defensively, the fact that he didn't win a Super Bowl, the fact that he uh, didn't have – Great success in Tampa, but we do know that he he does know a little something about defense. Sean has been able to uh, join us back. Sean, it's interesting to me to hear people talk about Lovey. Uh, they talk about this Tampa too, but does anything really change in the game? You play a Tampa too, that's your base, but do you make adjustments based on the situations you're in? I think people are really caught up in the name of what they've associated Lovey with in terms of his defense. I mean, that's everybody has something that's their thing. Buddy Ryan had the 46, but people don't realize we played a lot of over and under within that 46. And when our blitz packages were different, um, adjustments are made during the game. Tampa 2 is a good defense, especially for a roster like this, because it's solid. All you have to do is just be where you're supposed to be, and it, the, the defense kind of takes things away from offenses. You have it makes, an, it makes a quarterback really have to understand where the holes are and then guys just have to be where those plays can happen and they can make big plays um tampa two as people know is too deep it looks like a two deep zone but the middle linebacker carries everything so it, it looks like an umbrella shell and turns to cover three a lot of the times so it gives you a lot of flexibility so i don't know how anyone would be complaining about it because people that complain about these things they're just looking for things to complain about the reality is that if you were good enough to execute this defense, I keep going back to this. We're not having this conversation because defense, it just is. Well, I think you 
The key is no matter how good you are as a coach, you've got to have something to work with. Ask Bill Belichick, right? Um, he doesn't look nearly that like the genius that, I mean, he knows football, but he's not quite the genius that everyone saw him to be without the same kind of talent, without, a, without Tom Brady, right? It right. makes it a whole lot easier to look really great as a coach when you've got somebody, when you've got a superstar on your roster. And there are no superstars on this Texans roster. Right. You can have a defense all you want to. You could talk about playing this and doing this and doing the other. But until you have guys like Barry Switzer used to talk about having athletes. You know, I need athletes. <laughs> you, know, about, you, know, you, know, you can talk about how great these coaches are. You ain't got guys that can play. It changes everything. And so until this roster gets better, and then you have to find some guys that no one else knew about, you know, that you found. Right now, when people say you got to build through the draft, build through the draft doesn't mean J.J. Watt is good. You know, that's not building through the draft. You know, having the first pick overall, you you have to pick the number one pick. That's not, no. Building through the draft is who you sign, the kid from Prairie View that no one else knows about that you sign, the kid from West Texas A&M that nobody else knows about that you sign, the guy that is 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 a rugby player right now for the Houston Rugbyites, and you take him, you turn him into an all-pro uh, offensive guard. That's how you build out your team. And it also gives you financial stability because you have those kind of guys under you know rookie contracts and so on and so forth. And I just mentioned that to point out that there's so many things that are going on right now for this team to get better. And if they don't, if they don't identify those things, it's going to be a long road to, to hoe with the, with this organization in a league that you can really get better quick. You really can. You can get really good quickly. And I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to the Super Bowl, but if you're watching Jacksonville from last year to this year, can you see that they've gotten better? I mean, you know, you know what I mean? They've gotten right. better. I'm, and now where you're, you're sitting in the beginning of the season, well, the Texas have been in Jacksonville. Really? Are they? Yeah. Are they really? You know, now you sit there sweeping up the floor of the of, of your division right now, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're, you know, so we'll see. So here's a more laughable thing. You know, you can make stats out to be whatever you want them to be. And one that was tossed around a lot was that Davis Mills was the best rookie best <laughs> quarterbacks last year. And I kept saying, really? I just wouldn't be totally out on Trevor Lawrence just yet. I mean, Urban uh -huh. Myers was cool, and that's what it turned out to be. I, but Davis Mills wasn't a steal in the third round. He was the third round pick. He's not Russell Wilson from several years ago. And I just am really kind of amazed at how much people just don't know. And it becomes so personal. They just don't understand the talent really or the lack of talent and i think this texas team is a much further off but i think you're right sean it depends on how things are going i mean how much we know that nick casario was all in it last year like he was all in the headsets and you know he was doing everything but he's still in the booth i i, I don't know to what degree i'm sure he's not calling plays down to lovey smith i imagine but i don't it's early. I just don't think he's a guy that can get in there in terms of talent, but we'll see. Well, we're about to find out because, like I said, you know, when you have – I think they have 20 players that were drafted or free agent acquisitions that are on a 90-man a, a roster or 53-man roster. I'm talking about everybody that comes in and what's left over. 
Okay. Considering you could have 14 players over the, those two years, okay. Um, but now are those – oh, God. Did we lose you? He's frozen. We're going to give him a minute. So he's unfrozen. We're going to bring him back. That's the thing about technology and digital shows. It's kind of like live TV. Anything can happen. So uh, we're talking about Houston Texans. We're talking about their talent or lack thereof. We're talking about um, the criticism for this Houston Texans coaching staff that I think is probably a little unjust so early, right? I think it's it's a little early to talk about how much, you know, they don't know. I, I just, I disagree completely <laughs> on the assessment that people are giving to about Lovey Smith and, and Pep Hamilton. Uh, like Sean said, Pep didn't become an idiot. And regardless of what the people in this market may say about him, um, he's respected around the league. And there's a reason that, that Lovey Smith hired him. He had other options. It wasn't like he didn't have other options. But I've had people, you know, hit me up on Twitter. And let me say this. If you follow me online, I hope that you do. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kim Y. Davis. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kim, dot, I mean, Kim Y. Davis Media. And if I, when I don't respond, um, if you say things that are just, like ridiculous. Those of you who've been telling me that Josh McCown should be the head coach. So I don't respond to that. Like, I'm just, I, I got nothing on it. There's nothing for me to say. I'm not going to engage in, the, in a banter about stuff that's just utterly ridiculous. Um, Drunk says no point having a diva offensive lineman with no quarterback. And, you know, you make a great point. Um, I would have moved Laramie Tunzel as well. I definitely would have moved him in the offseason. One, because what he showed you last year is that he didn't want to be here. Like, nobody could tell you what his injury was. He just kind of went out. They said he hurt his finger. And then they didn't really, they didn't have a real answer for what happened to his finger. They were trying to see if they could get him. He was going to start doing treadmill workouts. Is it his finger? Why can't he be on the treadmill? I don't understand. Um, but you're right. You said people want to root for Davis Mills so bad, but he never comes through in a clutch. Davis Mills is not that great. And let me say this, and I, if Sean is able to rejoin on this, I will I'll, I'll get his thoughts on it. It looks like Davis Mills took a step back. Or could it be that now people have a little bit of tape on him and the little bit, the few things that he was able to do decently, people know. Last year, they didn't know. He was a rookie. They'd never seen him before. And so there wasn't a lot of tape on him in college. We know that he'd only make, what, 13 starts in college. That was his entire body of work. So last year, as the season went on, it looked like he got better. And this year, it looks like he's digressed when he's in a game situation. I mean, he still has to say have the same challenges in terms of his ball sales. You know, he's not very accurate beyond 12, 15 yards. And... What, what I've seen this year is that he looks a bit like a deer in headlights when he gets hit. 
Um, I just don't think you can blame that on Pat Hamilton. <laughs> I just don't think you can blame Pat Hamilton for Davis Mills taking a step back or for the league saying, we've got a little tape on him now. We know what his tendencies are and maybe more, maybe that's what happens. So you're right, Brooke. I agree. Davis Mills has regressed or maybe it's more that the league has seen more of him and the few things that he did decently, they're able to combat those. Um, Bill Belichick was obsessed with Rex Burkett and so is Nick Casario. If you follow Lovey Smith throughout his career, like Sean was saying earlier, you would know that Russ Burkhead is not a Lovey Smith kind of guy. Yes, Lovey Smith says all the right things. You know, he works for this organization. It does him no good to, um, it does him no good to say, yeah, Rex Burkhead isn't any good and I'm only playing him because I have to. Like that, that just doesn't work. So uh, I'm going to try to get you this lovely sound that comes from, we was talking about the linebackers. It's kind of weird. I'm going to try it one more time and see if the whole thing will play. Uh, let's see here. We'll see. I didn't think. So there's something going on. Not really sure why I couldn't um, get you that sound. But Lovey Smith was talking about um, linebackers. Uh, he was asked about the linebackers and he was asked about the tackling and, and if he was, what is concern was and he said you know i don't think our play has been good the linebacker as a whole he said just hasn't been good enough and he said but first i got to start up front going into the game it was about the offensive line blocking them it was about our defensive line controlling theirs and we didn't do a good job of that whenever you get a running back to the second wave which is what i was talking about a few minutes ago it's got to start with the d line and from there the linebackers are going to be a big part of any of the plays that are able to break. So whether it be the run or pass, the linebackers are always involved. And when we talk about not playing our best defense right now, of course the linebackers have a big say in that. So yes, linebacker play has not been very good. All right, so let's go, we're going to move on from the Texans for a bit. And if Sean uh, is able to rejoin us, we will we'll, we'll go back to that. But I want to talk a little bit about the Houston Rockets. Media day was yesterday. Today is the first day of uh, training camp. They are training, uh, working out for three days in Lake Charles. They'll be off Friday and then back the first uh, training camp practice at the Toyota Center is Saturday. I will be there on Saturday. I was not able to make it to Lake Charles. So this is, um, you know, this Rockets team is going to be exciting. They're still going to be young and still in a rebuild mode, but uh, Coach Silas yesterday talked about the fact that he is excited about the season. Here's Coach Silas. Super excited about this season. I'm excited for a bunch of reasons. I'm excited that we have a group that uh, I've been with for a little while and they have more experience than they've had in the past. That's one of the things that changes from year to year. I'm excited about the work that these guys have put in this summer as far as having basically the whole team here this summer working on their games, working on their bodies. I'm excited about our young guys that we picked up and that are going to be a big part of our 
um, organization and a, a big part of our team. As far as what's going to be better this year, like I've been studying a lot. I've been uh, talking to a lot of people. I've been spending a lot of time with our players, evaluating our strengths and our weaknesses. And with the main thing that we're going to be a super hard to play against on both ends of the floor. So that's one of the things that uh, Coach Silas talked about yesterday. Uh, we got a chance to talk to a lot of the players. I'll break it up and let you hear from them over the next few days. One of the things that was interesting is that Jalen um, Green, who we all knew was a little light, right? We figured he would have to grow and, and put on some muscle as he is going to take his game, uh, continue to take his game to the next level as an NBA player. Well, he did. I think he said he put on about 12 pounds over the summer, 12 pounds of muscle. And here's him talking about uh, kind of bulking up. I started eating a lot more. Um, I actually had a chef in middle of season last year, and that just kind of carried on all the way. Eat like three, three, four meals a day, um, protein shakes, and plus on top of that, no weight room really. It's my training staff people helping me be on top of that and just staying locked in. So that was Jalen, uh, who says he's excited and ready for this year. And one of the things that all the players talk about is that it's kind of cool being on a roster with so many other young players. Uh, they're going to be young again this year. The, the, the Rockets' first round pick. The first pick in the first round was the third pick, and it was Jabari Smith. Um, and he talks about one of the things that he's known for is his defense. One of the things that Coach Silas says he's really excited about is Jabari Smith's defense. Here's Jabari Smith talking about how he's uh, going to fit in with this, this Rockets team. Um, I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility. Um, I feel like um, with me being able to play the five, me being able to – Play the four. Um, I feel like I'll be able to help with spacing, being able to space the floor for 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 Jalen, for KP, for, for for our guys to work, and also just just adding that spark on offense. Just overall playing hard and just my my, my will to win will, will will help us tremendously. Jabari Smith, a defensive standout, if you will. It is something that uh, you know. Defense is something that everybody wants to play, and I think anybody can play it. You can learn to play defense. You may not be a great shooter, but if you, defense is really about will. And the fact that it's something that Jabari loves to do and he does well is only going to benefit this team. KPJ, um, you know, had an interesting uh, – he talked about mindset, you know, this time last year when he was at – when we were at Media Day, he talked about how the Rockets really kind of – saved him um and he really appreciated being here and i think what he said but last year was saved his life uh and he talked about that when we were at camp again but this year he talked about kind of where he is in terms of mindset just a little more understanding myself um looking myself in the mirror um looking back at everything i've been through and um pointing out the fact there's the good and bad factors just honestly just read Reevaluating myself, uh, where I am today, where I want to be, and uh, the things that I need to do in order to get where I want to become. And uh, once I was able to do that and be honest with myself, pretty much everything else was easy. I always tell myself, like, um, awareness is the hardest part of growth and elevation. And once you get that awareness part, it's it basically comes down to are you going to do it or not? Are you going to, you know, 
So it kind of basically what happened. Um, I just got sick. Um, I got sick of being in my own way, basically. Love that awareness is the greatest part of growth. And then it's a matter of whether or not you want to do it. Uh, KPJ, I'm going to be quoting him. I love that. So one of the things too, when when Silas, Coach Silas was talking about different players, he talked about Josh Christopher. He said, you know, this time last year, he didn't really expect that, he didn't really account for Josh being a part of the roster or being a part of the rotation. And he said that Josh really just kind of bullied his way into the lineup. I am a, I really like that kid, uh, that young man. I'm not calling a kid. I like his, he's grounded. I like how hard he works. And so um, we asked Josh about that yesterday and here's here's what Josh said. I stay in the gym, so. I mean, I told, I think I told you guys when Steven uh, Silas called my name, I'll be ready. So, I mean, just be a man of my word with him. Alfred. He said, I'm a man of my word. You know, he stays in the gym. Uh, they had great turnout at Summer League. I'm excited to see what this team is you know, how it's going to look, right? What 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 they will be and and how big the next jump is they take. Um, just kind of temper your expectations because they're not there yet, but it should be interesting. Um, Kevin says, my take of the year, I want James Harden to lose worse than I do Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well, James Harden is off, you know, fit and trim, you know, and when he was at his media day yesterday, and the reporters were asking him about <clears throat> his program or him being fit and his weight loss, which is a legitimate question since he came in the last two seasons looking like he was out of shape. You know, when he the last season he was here with the Rockets, when he came in, y'all, he was swole. Y'all remember what he looked like? He didn't come in like he was ready to play. And so now that he's and He's been posting pictures on Instagram. I don't follow him, but apparently on Instagram, posting pictures of himself in the gym and working out and getting fit. So, of course, people are going to ask questions about it. Ah, James. Anyway, so, Kevin, you want James to lose worse than Deshaun. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, that Eastern Conference, man, listen, we didn't even talk about this yet. Before I get out of here today, I'm going to give you my thoughts about uh, Ime Udoka. I don't know any more than the rest of you. I've heard some things from some colleagues, um, a couple beat writers I know that cover the NBA exclusively that I've checked with, but clearly uh, Udoka made a mistake, okay? And, and he, he has to be held responsible for that. Here's what I don't understand. If what the Celtics organization says is the truth, that Ime Udoka um, had a consensual um, relationship with a female staffer and that that is a violation of team policy. I don't understand why the female staffer is not being held to the same standard. If that's the truth. Now, this is what they said happened. I, I don't understand that. Is it just a violation if the man does it or was it just a team policy for coaches? I mean... You know, management was asked at a press conference the other day if the female staffer, who they've not named, 
would be suspended. And they said, no, she was not being would not be suspended. I heard that. So it's not like somebody told me. I'm listening going, well, I don't really understand that. So there's obviously more to the story, I guess. Um, I think that he has played, he has coached for the last time in the for the Celtics. There's no way that you're going to sit out for a year <clears throat> and they do whatever they do. <clears throat> Either the interim coach is successful and they keep him or they just move on. I mean, a one-year suspension, I doubt very seriously that Udoka coaches for the Celtics ever again. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm just saying. Um, but I, I really do think the way that it's been handled by the Celtics just don't seem right. It just seems like uh, that just doesn't pass the smell test for me. And this is not absolving him of any of the things that he did wrong, right? You did something you shouldn't have. You knew the rules. But if the truth is it was a consensual um, relationship with a female staffer and that is against team policy. Why is a female staffer not being held to the same standard? And that's my question. <clears throat> not the all back and forth, you know, it's, it's, it's not, I don't understand it. And I, I had this conversation with someone the other day and their response was, and you're a woman and you think that, wow. So I'm not really sure what that means. Like I shouldn't have any kind of logical thinking. Yes, I'm a woman. And that is exactly what I think. I think that it's this, you know, the woman should be held in the same standard as a man. She should be suspended if it, if it's about a consensual relationship. Now, if it's something else, then they just put that out. Why would you put out something that's not the truth? So I don't know what's happening in Boston. I wanted to address it because several of you have sent me um, notes and have inboxed me. I don't know what the truth is. <clears throat> I don't have any of the answers. But that is the one thing that I would add to the conversation is that I think it is, I think it's irresponsible of the Boston Celtics um, because no one really had to even know all of that, right? They leaked this last week. Uh, I, I was out of town, so it must have been Thursday, Wednesday night because I left town. Yeah, so it was Wednesday night that they leaked it. You created this kind of firestorm, if you will. And my other thing, before we get out of here today, you're listening to Chalk Talk with Kim. I am your host, Kim Davis. Brett Favre, are y'all kidding me? He should be indicted and he should be tried. I'm not going to say he should go to jail because he should get the benefit of, you know, the whole due process and blah, 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 blah. But really, Brett Favre needs as much heat as anybody else who would be stealing, robbing the system, the poorest state of the union, Mississippi, and you stealing money from the welfare coffers? Are you kidding me? That's just, listen, <clears throat> he's never been my favorite person, but that's just, even for Brett Favre, that's just kind of the low of the low. So um, <clears throat> what is this? He's the superior in the organization. Consent doesn't play a role. Um, but was it considered harassment? I, I don't know. And Kevin makes a good point. He's talking about Udoka. He's the superior in the organization. Consent doesn't play a role. Um, maybe that's it. I don't know. I, but I guess it depends on, I feel like that there's more to the story, um, Kevin, and, and to everyone else. 
and I, I have heard some things from beat writers, but I've, I haven't been able to verify it, so I'm, I'm not going to repeat it. <clears throat> but I, I just, I just think there's so many things that we don't know. It just seems like, if nothing else, the Celtics are guilty of handling it poorly. Um, they did indeed handle it really poorly, and you know, too bad for him, right? That he would tarnish what has been this, this rising career <clears throat> and make a decision that could cost him his career because let's face it, brothers don't get the same kind of uh, chance to bounce back from mistakes that, that others do. That's just the truth. It is what it is. All right, before we got get out of here, I want to make sure you're here from my sponsors one more time. Uh, the information about Stellahum Skin is in the is in the chat. I'll also post it on the um, podcast page as well. Stephanie Serlin, she's located in Edo. And so if you are looking to uh, kind of get a, a refresh for the fall for your skin, uh, for your girlfriend's skin, your wife's skin, you know, she works with men as well, check out Stephanie and you will not be disappointed. <laughs> Our um, longtime uh, partner is Jinka, and you can get it if you're in H the Houston area. You can get it at HEB stores. Beginning the at the beginning of the year, it's going to spread to other HEB stores across Texas. But you can get it at HEB stores mostly in Southeast Texas, Houston, down to Freeport, over to Beaumont. It's great for shoring up your immune system. It's great for um, blood flow and circulation. It's great for inflammation and joints and joint pains and achy, achy, you know, you got achy joints and inflammation. People have even talked about seeing their cholesterol numbers reduced, their blood pressure number um, levels go down, and their A1C levels go down. So here's where you find Jinka. If you're actually in the Houston area and you can go into the store, if not, you can go to ilovejinka.com, but here's where you find it at H-E-B. Here at HEB, in the healthy living department, the probiotics, you can find Jenkins seven days a week. And of course, our title sponsor, uh, again for this month, is Kimmy Treats. So if you're interested in some really good popcorn, it's vegan, it's non-GMO, it's made with coconut oil, so you can have a snack and you don't have to feel guilty about putting junk in your body, go online to KimmyTreats.com and order yours today. Or you can go in tomorrow to Sunshines if you're in the Houston area and pick up your Kimmy Treats and here's how it looks. All right, everybody. Hey, I appreciate you guys uh, getting adjusted to this new time. 
1 p.m. on Tuesday, still kind of tinkering with it. I still notice many of you are watching the replay. So if you're watching the replay, still let me hear from you. Um, creating a new uh, email list. I have a, a couple of uh, prizes I'm going to be giving out, uh, little gifts. So drop your email in the chat if you'd like to be added to the email list so I can keep you up to date on some special events coming up and a couple of promotions that we're going to be doing. That way I can communicate with you by email. Don't worry, I won't spam you or you know give your email information to anybody else, but I'd love to be able to keep in touch with you even beyond the show. So remember, um, do something kind for yourself and something kind for somebody else. If you have not registered to vote, you still have time. You've got 30 days before the actual election. So you've got about another week and a half to get registered. Go ahead and just do it this week so you don't have to worry about it, okay? Get registered to vote. If you are registered, because I've been harassing you about it all the time, then get somebody else registered. Call your friend, um, your classmate, your business partner, whoever, and say, hey, are you registered? And help them make sure that they're registered to vote. I'm never going to tell you who to vote for, but I am going to highly encourage you to educate yourself so that you know what policies and politicians um, have the best interest of you, your family, your community in mind, and you can vote your values. That's what I encourage you to do. I also encourage you to get vaccinated and boosted if you're not. Um, COVID is still here while the pandemic is officially over or technically over. It's still among us. So do your part so that you can take care of you and your family as best as possible. As always, thank you for being a part of Chalk Talk. I'll see you next Tuesday at 1 p.m. And in the meantime, I'll see you across all of my social media platforms. Make it a great day, everybody. Peace.